I'm Dr. Amalia Gonyas-Malka. Welcome to Womanity, Woman in Unity, the show that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggles for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, democracy, racism, socioeconomic class division, and gender-based violence. Joining us on the line today is South African Olympic athlete Tatiana Schoonmaker, who won the gold medal and set the world record in the 200-meter breaststroke event at the 2020 Olympic Games in Tokyo. She also earned a silver medal in the 100-meter breaststroke at the Olympic Games. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. (laughs) What an introduction. I'm still not used to it. (laughs) How does it feel? Will you ever get used to it? (laughs) I don't think so. And I'm actually very happy. I'm glad it hasn't sunk in um, because I feel like just knowing that that Olympic dream is already over is kind of sad. Um, It's obviously not over completely, but um, just having to think that I've already competed at my first Olympics and it's been this childhood dream is already weird. So luckily it hasn't sunk in yet because I'm still very excited for my swimming. (laughs) First of all, really congratulations on winning gold at Tokyo 2020 and simultaneously setting the 200 meter world record for breaststroke. Thank you. (laughs) And when I was watching you on the screen, I mean, I know it's ridiculous. You've got everyone sitting in armchairs around the world, cheering a TV screen, just trying to egg you on to go faster and faster. And it was a, it was a phenomenal experience as you pulled out through those final meters, touched the wall and hit first place. But in 2016, you narrowly missed securing a spot to the Rio Olympics by just a hundredth of a second. I mean, that's 0.01. But yeah. five years later, here we are, you won gold. Please walk us through your journey to Tokyo 2020. <laughs> yeah, I must say, I think when looking back, obviously it's like five years ago. So it's like, oh, that was like so long ago. But no, it was a challenging time for me. Um, it was obviously not the best feeling because um, I did qualify two months before, but we have to qualify at our nationals and at our nationals missing it by one split and then not taking you on the team, even though you maybe have qualified before. Um, I think that was also challenging, but I think that's what made me realize that um, that was never part of the plan two months before nationals all of a sudden I dropped time and I was part I was swimming eight times and then all of a sudden we were thinking okay Olympics so then I got my mindset on Olympics and I think that's where I went wrong in that sense because I put so much expectation on myself and there was this massive expectation of me going to the Olympics all of a sudden and when I didn't make it everyone was so disappointed um I remember swimming the final and when I didn't miss I was like oh, well, everything happens for a reason. And I don't think um, because I have like my faith and stuff as well, like you say that, but I feel like somewhere deep inside, I really almost didn't believe it because it was just like, wow, one split second. That's like nothing. Um, But looking back now, like having to have gone at the age of 19 with no real international experience at all, Yeah, I think it was such a blessing now looking back because the steps that I've taken after 
that disappointment of just like taking each step at a time works for me. So when I was able to go to my first Olympics, I was ready. I was a good competitor. So I wasn't going just to participate. I was going to do well. And um, yeah, I think that's for me, it was just, I needed to shape my character. So it was a very tough time and I had to like learn to love my sports again because I, I wanted to give up after that, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, now looking back, it was a blessing in the sky. <laughs> when you say ready, you were really ready for Tokyo 2020. <laughs> You've told us about the disappointment of 2016, but please tell us about the joy and, and the celebration and on what it feels like to have won gold. <laughs> Unrealistic. Like we said before, it's just like, it just doesn't seem real because you dream about it, but you don't actually ever think that it would happen to you. And every day, sometimes when I was driving home the one time with my mom, I was like, it's so weird, this random little girl from Joburg, then Ruedepoort, like no one knows where that is, <laughs> won a gold at the Olympics and now is worldly known. Like it, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel surreal. So, um, but yeah, I must say that moment was just so special. And I think just having to celebrate that with everyone um, at home, I think with the COVID, it was a bit challenging, but it was also nice because um, they had these TVs next to the um, the pool. So if, if, they were, if it was going to be live, it would only be my parents and my sister that would have been there with me celebrating that moment. But now we had five different Zoom calls in. So I had my squad uh, all my teammates, I had my family, friends, I had other family, I had my parents and everyone. So everyone could celebrate that moment with me. And that's what made it so much more special. So I'll definitely remember that for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know, when you talk about the euphoria of which you naturally felt on a personal level, as well as your family, the whole country had this sense of national pride. It was one of the most amazing things to witness on achievements and how that impacts on society. Yeah, no, it is. And that's why it's such an honor and a blessing to even represent South Africa. I think that's why everyone loves to be part of Team South Africa. We have the most team spirit. Um, we always, we're always singing, always dancing. And I think that's a nice thing. It's like, even though swimming is an individual sport, it's so fun to be part of the team. That's where we have our team side come in and when we go overseas. And for us, it's it's just so nice. And it's something we strive to. Like, if you first make an SA team, you know that when you go back to training, that's literally all you think about is you want to make that next team again. Because it's just such an unbelievable experience. Even if your swimming might not go well, even if I don't swim good times, it's just being part of that team and representing your country is just insane. <laughs> Well, the team sounds amazing and the spirit and the energy behind it. You've competed with some of the most successful athletes the world over. And competing at the forefront of international competition has given you that unparalleled insight into what it takes to get to the top, but more importantly, how to stay there. Please, can you walk us through what you've learned about your own endurance and personal limits? I definitely think focusing on myself. I mean, those athletes are incredible, um, but never comparing myself to them in the sense that 
because I think as soon as you start thinking about their amazing achievements, you might feel you're not good enough. And how do you stand a chance against a world record holder? There's no ways. So um, I just, I had to kind of tell myself that like being on that team, being in that race, I deserve to be there because I was able to swim those times. So how do I not, um, like, even though it's very nerve wracking to swim against these amazing athletes and stuff, I think it's just having that confidence of knowing that you deserve that spot, not by someone giving it to you, but you literally swam those times. So you deserve to be there. And yeah, I just think it's, yeah, based on that. So I think the achievements can inspire you, but it, it doesn't, that's not your journey. That's not um, what you need to focus on. Focus rather on what, what can you bring into this race? And um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's kind of what I, and also like endurance I think you actually surprise yourself a lot especially at international meets going to my first Olympics I thought I would be so nervous and stressed out (laughs) but I was so calm and relaxed and it was just so nice to see how you like how how you've grown and how you can handle those situations in the process growing up or going up to that so I think that's what I've learned about myself is that I can sometimes surprise myself in how how I react to certain situations. (laughs) When we've spoken to other athletes, be it in the the swimming arena or running track on the field, it always surprises me at how much mental preparation is required. It's not just the physical. So can you share some of those processes with us, which combined together helps you to keep getting faster? (laughs) And yeah, definitely mental side plays such a big role. And um, from my personal opinion, I've used my faith through all that. And I think what was nice about, I know everyone, as soon as you mentioned COVID, everyone freaks out a little. But I think that was the great part about COVID is it brought such a big mental hurdle for everyone, every sports person. And just to get over that, I think in some way, you knew you were stronger to get over like, the fear of racing the best or stuff like that, because it was such a big challenge and a mental thing to get through. And I think that helps us as sports people as well in the mental side to just prove to ourselves how strong we are. It was such a nice learning curve for everyone. But yeah, I would definitely say for me to get through that and the process of going through COVID and um, all those challenges before to get where I was, was definitely through my faith. So faith is a very important part of of your life and features very strongly in your guiding narrative. Is there a particular motto that you live by or subscribe to? I think it's hard to choose because there's such amazing verses in the Bible, but I would definitely say it is a verse. I think it just depends on where you are and in life journey that you're on, um, which really sticks to you. And I mean, there's a verse for every situation that you're in. So for me, it yeah, would just depend on which situation I'm in at that moment. Hi, I'm Zonke Digana, a South African Afro-soul musician, songwriter and producer. You are listening to Womanity, Women in Unity on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Today, we're talking to South African swimmer, Olympic gold medalist, and world record holder, Tatiana Schoonmaker. We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. 
We've talked about Olympics, which is obviously a momentous occasion, but can you walk us through some of your other career highlights to date that stand out for you? Uh, I would definitely say the Commonwealth Games in 2018, and that was obviously my biggest breakthrough in international swimming as well with the winning the two gold, but just having my parents there as well. And I just remember it so clearly how they were dancing in the stands. And it was just such an amazing competition. And firstly, because it was my first Commonwealth Games, but then also just having my parents there and just having them celebrate this crazy experience that I just had, like no one expected. I, I remember still talking to Rocco and saying, does he think I can possibly win a bronze, to like gain sponsors or something? And he said, yo, if you really work hard, you might. <laughs> so it was really funny when I came back with two gold because that was not in the picture at all. I was just like hoping for one medal, maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely think that. And I think every single time I'm able to compete internationally or represent South Africa is a special moment for me in the pool. And um, But then I think to top that off, it was definitely that moment at the Olympics with the four girls that came together after my race. Um, it was just so nice because we we're such big rivals and competitors. Um, even though we both are like friends and friends and training partners, obviously in the pool, it's everyone and man for himself. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was just nice that after the race, we were like, wow, okay, what a good race. Celebrate each other's victories. And, you know, next time you come and you try again and you say, no, not this time, girl. I'm, I'm going to beat you this time. And that's fine as long as I feel afterwards we can celebrate and just really recognize each other's achievements and the PBs that some of the girls were swimming was incredible it's not only the world record that's amazing it's just the fact that you're swimming your best times at Olympic final for your first Olympics is also amazing (laughs) it almost sounds as though you're rivals but through your competitiveness that each of you drives the other on and by forcing each other to go faster, you in turn are breaking more records. <laughs> no, it is definitely. I think that's the, that's the part of sports. It's like we like pushing each other and think it's a challenge. And we all want to take on that challenge of, okay, next time we'll see what happens. And that's why I always say, like, I might have been maybe the best on that day, but if we had to swim the next day, maybe someone else would have won the race. So that's just how sometimes our sports work. It's just on that day, you might be the champion, but tomorrow you might not be. And I think that's what we have to see is like just at that moment, celebrate because at that moment, I don't know how I was the fastest, (laughs) but yeah, it could have been much different the next days. And do you have any words of encouragement to offer aspiring upcoming swimmers who want to compete and get to the top of their game? I definitely would say it is hard work. (laughs) I think talent can take you far, but uh, it's really up to like hard work. And yeah, I think just enjoying your sports because at the end of the day, we're not doing the sport for what we can get out of it. I'm definitely not doing it to get the gold medal or anything. I do it because I love my sports and I'm blessed to have the talents. And obviously for me through my faith is just how, how can I show God's love through my sports and my swimming and just get him known out there. So yeah, I think having that real passion and love for your sports and not, not hoping for anything back. Because I always say uh, a happy swimmer is a fast swimmer. (laughs) 
So you just have to be happy and it will just happen if it's supposed to happen. <laughs> I love that expression. A happy swimmer is a fast swimmer. I'm going to remember that one. <laughs> well, as a happy swimmer, you mentioned your mom and dad in celebrations for 2018 Commonwealth Games. You spoke briefly about your, your coach, Rocco Meering, and yeah. when we hear about successful people, there's often this tendency to think that these amazing achievements occurred overnight. I mean, you've already spoken to us that you prepared for 2020, basically from 2016. So yeah. what we see today in, in these wins, it's years of hard work, discipline, dedication, preparation, but also this amazing support system and structure backing the individual. Please, can you explain to us your views about support structures and how they contribute to your success? I think, to be honest, they are my recent success. So they don't even contribute, they are it. So I really just feel like without the people in my life, like my family, the friends, my teammates, um, my coach, I wouldn't be where I am because not enough discipline can get you there. You can have so much discipline, but for me, I can pitch up at the pool every day. But if I had to pitch up and be the only one there, I would still not put in the effort if that makes sense because it is so much harder if you don't have those people driving you every single day, the coach standing there pushing you. So, yeah, I really think all those other things I like discipline, they definitely contribute, but it is such a small percentage compared to the people in your life and the support systems out there. So for me, they were my success. <laughs> they were 100% the reason of my success. <laughs> That's the, the kind of like the intangibles, the, the structures that, that help you. But importantly, we obviously need financial backing. And yeah. I'd like to ask you how important you think it is to be able to secure sponsorships for professional athletes. Yeah, unfortunately, we are in the business of sports and it's we base our living costs and stuff off the sponsors we get. So um, especially being a swimmer, unfortunately, we don't get paid monthly salaries. So we rely on that gold medal you have to literally win the medal to get something um so yeah I think that's why it's it is obviously so important with sponsors and I never knew about things like this until 2018 after Commonwealth Games I didn't know you get things like this um because we just not expose our swimmers to stuff like this and that's why it's for me in some way it's nice to go to the pool and sometimes they'd say I have this new car just for the people to see oh what it is like you can get rewarded when you when you do well. Unfortunately, it is when you only become the best, um, which sucks because it takes 16 years to get there. Um, so, yeah, it definitely it's the way of how we have to make money and how we have to live because we all know sport doesn't carry on for very long. <laughs> it's such an important aspect you, you mentioned, and I actually wanted to look at this before our conversation, but I remember reading a while ago, on Cristiano Ronaldo and just in terms of how he's been developing his brand, how he's been securing various sponsorships. Because as you say, when you're in this career, it is limited. Yeah, no, it is definitely. And it's so, firstly, it's so hard to get those sponsorships uh, because 
not only does do you get a sponsorship, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with every sponsorship. And um, for the amount of training that we do and the hours we have to put in now, on top of that, you have other responsibilities outside the pool. So it does get challenging sometimes. And that's why it makes it so much more tough uh, in that sense, because we need to make money um, because we have to, we have to live and you have to make a career out of it um, because you have to try and save. And that's what I'm so fortunate to be doing is trying to save all that money because swimming is not going to last <laughs> very long. So and then after that, I'm going to have to try and pursue or find a different path or career. Hi, this is Lira, South African Afro soul singer and songwriter. You're listening to Womanity, Women in Unity, presented by Dr. Amelia Malka on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, a program that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggle for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, and democracy. Today, we're talking to South African swimmer, Olympic gold medalist, and world record holder, Tatiana Schoonmaker. We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. Whilst we're talking about this aspect of, of different careers, you are a BCom Financial Sciences graduate from the University of Pretoria, which is my alma mater, and <laughs> you are pursuing a, a higher certificate in sports science education at Tux as well. How did you navigate being a varsity student and still excelling at national and international swimming competitions? I think for me personally, it was uh, amazing in the sense of the balanced lifestyle. Somehow it just takes your mind off of swimming as well. I think it's not for me very healthy to just be thinking of swimming all the time. Unfortunately, at the moment, I'm obviously done studying. So that is what I'm doing at the moment. But there are a lot of stuff that come with it, all the recovery processes, the people you need to see, psychologists and dietitians and so I think that consumes a lot of my time. And I think also being like very busy, like with the foundation and obviously all the media stuff that came with this gold medal. So yeah, luckily I still keep my mind busy, but I think that's, that was a blessing for me. It was just having some way to escape from swimming and not only having to think of swimming, but then also having that thing to fall back on in that sense, because Swimming can end any time. We know in any sport you could get injured any second of the day and then your swimming career is over. And I needed to know that I had something to fall back on so that I can still pursue a career and that I don't, that my swimming doesn't become my world and my everything. What role would you say that education's played in your path and for paving the way in the future? It definitely has in the sense of I have something to start a new career and passion for outside of my sport. And I think it helps a lot in the sense that I, when I did BCom Financial Sciences, obviously now dealing with my the sponsors and the finances side, it's quite nice to like keep a track of it and like have to follow it. And I know kind of in some ways what is going on. But I mean, you can use any of your degrees to kind of figure out how you can connect it with or whatever you're dealing with at the moment. But um, I must say, I don't know if I would pursue this BCom degree after swimming. It was nice, but it wasn't as nice. 
So, but it is always nice to have. And I am very fortunate that my swimming did go well. So maybe it would be nice to carry on and make a difference in the swimming as a sport as well. So it's always nice to be educated in that. And especially for me in finance, um, I think finance is such a big part of life in general. So it's so nice to be able to know what's going on. And I think that's, I think the benefits of being educated. And, you know, apart from the education, but specifically within terms from a financial aspect, that really gives you empowerment and financial freedom. <laughs> it does. And that's also a good thing because you know a lot about finances and about saving and stuff like that. And luckily, I'm also, I don't like spending. My costs are always about like 50 items, but I never, I never get to that purchasing part. Um, which is a great thing for me. Um, I'm not a spender, so I love saving. So that's also the nice part about, I think, studying the finance side is I know those type of stuff and I, I'm aware of what saving can do and how, how to manage my finances in that sense. And please tell us about your foundation. What, what is its purpose and what do you hope for it to achieve? <laughs> Yeah, I think everyone's been asking me and I, I need to get a real straight on. <laughs> but um, I think it was just the excitement and obviously so thankful for the crowdfunding because that just boosts the stream of mine and I immediately opened this foundation. And so the excitement was there and that's why it started so quickly. I think now we just have to take that step back and yeah, deciding what we actually want to do. But if I have to say, share some of the dreams that I would love to do with the foundation, it would definitely be... Um, to maybe see if I can get to the the less fortunate uh, to maybe help with the basic skill of swimming. Um, we do struggle with some drownings and stuff um, in the rural areas. So if I can um, get someone to learn to swim and then also exposing them to swimming, it's not a sport that is well known um, in townships. And it would be so nice if they could see if they actually love swimming as well, because it is a sport that's, I've known and I've grown up with, but it's not necessarily for them the same. And then I think on the other spectrum, it would definitely be when we are selected for teams, we don't have the money as a federation. So we have to mostly pay for ourselves. So we'd get selected, let's say, for now the world champs that was supposed to happen December um, after the Olympics. And you have to pay about 50 grand to go. And some people just don't have that money. And that's the thing. Then you cut your dream off because you don't have the finances to reach that level. And it's it's a level that's like world champs. So, I mean, it's, it's those talented, talented athletes that have put in all those years to finally reach that goal. And it has to be cut off because financially they can't make it. So, um, yeah, I think that's where I would feel like my foundation would also try and play a role in supporting them and maybe – um, sponsoring them for those um, those tours. That's a real tragedy by lacking finance that it just completely holds you back from being able to fulfill your dreams because it's not as if you can yep. do swimming virtually I and mean, you need to compete in the pool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Staying on this aspect, do you ever feel that there's a different dynamic between men and women? I mean, I know that you compete in, as, you know, as, as individual genders, but in terms of yeah. the, the monetary aspect, it still costs the same. You've still got to get there. But do you ever feel that yeah. women are, are potentially held back more than their male counterparts? Uh, 
I don't know. I wouldn't say luckily with swimming. Obviously, it's a certain time you need to swim. So that's why I'm very grateful for swimming. It's very individual. If you swim the time, you go. If you don't, so they can't really select more guys than girls. But I definitely feel like girls in exposure-wise are very, very little. If you put on any sport channel on TV, it's probably mostly men's sports, which sucks because we put the same amounts of hours in and but it doesn't get shown as much. And I think that's why. So when we do get publicity, it would be at an Olympic stage when you finally might medal and that's when you'll get exposure. So I think just in that sense, it would be nice to um, put more women's sports. And I think hopefully it would grow on people because obviously people love male sports as well. And that's obviously understandable because that's all that's been showing. But I think the more we show women's sports, the more people would get into that as well and then start following the women in sports as well. So, yeah, I think hopefully the results that we got from the Olympics, the two goals winning um, the only medals for South Africa, <laughs> it just proves to them that we are here, we are trying to push and that's what we challenge the boys um, within our actual swimming teams is 2016, the swimming team consisted of only men going to the Olympics and there was no women swimming. <laughs> um, so this time, I think we either had one or we had the same amount of girls going. So the next one, we're challenging that we're going to be just girls and no guys. So we're constantly challenging them to prove to them that, yeah, that we can do it because the media in 2016 about women swimming was not really good. But at that time, I think people have to take into consideration that I, at that time I was the oldest or one of the oldest and I was only 19. The rest were 15-year-old girls, 13-year-old girls. So let's be realistic. It's Olympics and most of the guys were all in their 20s. And so, yeah, I think we just knew 2021, here we come, and we literally proved them wrong. So I'm very happy about that. Well, congratulations. And thinking about the exposure dynamic, apart from giving you that exposure, it would also give sponsors exposure. And in turn, that would increase, hopefully, more sponsors sponsoring more women to secure the funding that's required and, and livelihoods. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, people find it so interesting, like the journeys that the men go through. And um, obviously, some of the people in our rugby Springboks team, that everything that they had to go through from the rural townships to get where they are now holding the World Cup trophy. That's the same stories that us girls have as well. And I think they need to be exposed that it happens to us as well. We don't just get it handed over to us in a plate, just like they have to work for it. We work for it as well. And I think that's just like proving to them and getting our stories out there would want them to like then think, oh, well, we want to sponsor you as well. And I mean, then just having that extra goal on your team as a sponsor, I think that would be amazing because now it's diverse. <laughs> it's good for your company as well. Well, at least we provided a platform here to help <laughs> spread your voice. Let's hope so. <laughs> The question that I want to ask you now relates to factors of success. So we've hosted a range of women who are at the top of their game, whether it is in the corporate sector, political arena, um, academic space, and also from a sporting point of view. Some of them have spoken about discipline. Some of them have spoken about hard work. Others have talked about values and faith. Please, can you tell us, in your opinion, what have been some of your key drivers? 
<laughs> okay, so definitely number one would be my faith. Um, I think that's why it's so nice that well, it's almost in such a way I know a lot of people say I'm very humble, but it's because I know who I'm doing it for and I know it's not through me that I'm able to do it. So I think that's why it becomes so easy um, to kind of <laughs> see it in that way. But yeah, it would definitely be faith. And I also think the characteristics that my sports has taught me, I think the discipline and stuff that came with my sports and that's, I'll be forever grateful for swimming for teaching me those characteristics. Um, I think when you're in school, like school can teach you that, but it's still, still your choice. But if you don't pitch up at the pool, it does have an effect, just like school, obviously. If you don't study, it has an effect on <laughs> what your outcome of your results will be. So I think that was also the, the blessing of yeah, my sports in general is just yeah, the characteristics it built in me. And discipline doesn't come easily. It's a consistency that you have to pitch up at the pool. And through consistency, discipline, the characteristic of discipline is created. So yeah, I think it was just pushing through those days when even oh, you didn't want to go and stuff like that. So I think there's a lot of things. Um, I don't think there's a few key ones. I think a lot of the things contributes to the success. And when you talk about discipline, I mean, you, you've said the word, but can you just give some insight in terms of what a day looks like for you to give uh, <laughs> our listeners some perspective? <laughs> Okay, I feel like I'm very like strict on my time stuff as well in the sense of <laughs> I could probably even before my race, I remember messaging Kayleen saying this time wake up, this time pack bags, this time leave flat, this time eat, this time get on. <laughs> it's just because I plan everything because I know. how. <laughs> so that's how my day kind of looks. Training times are set. I um, have to obviously wake up at six. 20 past six, I leave, um, quarter to seven, we dive in, quarter to nine, we done, come back, eat breakfast. And then during the day, I'll have my appointments, but I make sure that I'm at home at two because at 2.30, I have to eat lunch because I have to eat lunch three hours before my training session. And then at 5.30, I'll swim again until 7.30, come back, um, obviously eat supper. But then because we're in so late, we have to be in bed by nine again to wake up early and have enough sleep. So it's a constant routine and yeah, I think that's, it's that consistency that created that discipline because now that's all I know. And that's how, if I have things scheduled, I would make sure that, I mean, it's down to say like, I'm oh, sorry, I have to go home at two to eat lunch. I know it doesn't sound like a valid reason, but for me, that's like, that's what I have to put in. And that's the discipline I have to make sure that I eat the same time, eat the hours before because when I'm at a competition, I need to know that my body will be used to it as well. So <laughs> it sounds very complicated. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's commitment, it's your routine, it's your structure, and those are sacrifices you make to get success. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> are there any pivotal moments in your life that have really shaped you into the person you are today? No, I think anything, uh, we all know that life doesn't just hand you uphills. <laughs> there are a lot of downhills and those downhills create a lot of character and shape you a lot. So there has been so many times, um, at least like from Commonwealth or just before Commonwealth, um, I actually wanted to stop swimming as well four months before Commonwealth Games. So 
it was just those small little things. Uh, okay, it's big, but <laughs> that shape you and that's how, how you grow. And I think just going to those international meets, experiencing that also makes you grow. You even grow during the competition. I've learned so much during the Olympics as well. So, um, yeah, I think every challenge and every um, opportunity makes you grow. And lastly, as we close out our conversation today, could you use this platform to share a few words of motivation or inspiration for girls that are listening to us on the continent? (laughs) I would definitely say my advice would be don't compare yourself to someone else. I think it's very easy in these days. We have social media and stuff, and we tend to, as humans anyway, compare ourselves to someone else. And that's why I don't compare. You have a different journey. The, your process might be slower than someone else. Someone might be swimming PBs every gala, and you don't. But that's just a journey. As long as you're reaching those small goals you set out for yourself every day, like every small goal is still um, a great win. So, yeah, it's obviously you have that big goal, and I had that big goal of going to Olympics. But if I reach the great successes every single day, by the small little things that I set out and I never got to reach the big one, I'd be still very happy because I still achieved greatness in that sense. (laughs) So yeah, I definitely would just say don't compare yourself and just focus on your own journey and focus on the things that make you happy. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for sharing the Olympic experience with us. And we wish you every success in, in the future for the next meet and for what lies ahead of you. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you for having me. And it's amazing to just honor women in sports in the first place. And any woman, just not in sports, but just successful women. And I know there was this quote that said, um, behind every successful woman or woman is is another group of successful women encouraging her or something like that. (laughs) But it is exactly like this. And yeah, thank you for having me. It's been our pleasure. You have been listening to Womanity, Woman and Unity on Channel Africa, The African Perspective. And we have been talking to South African swimmer, Olympic gold medalist and world record holder, Tatiana Schoenmaker. 